You are listening to Audio Fanfic Podcast. Blinded by White Light by Dasha K on AO3. Chapter 3 They took the tube to the park, emerging from the central zone station into the glittering shopping district. It was still crowded with people on their way home from their jobs, and others who were wandering up and down the wide boulevard, eating ice cream and window shopping. They passed large plate-glass window displays of outrageously sexy hollow models cavorting in lingerie, and overhead, neon-enhanced advertising begged them to wear Ryoko Dye's shoes and to drink lion lager. As they walked by the wedding shop, Dana averted her eyes to avoid the display of brides tossing bouquets and adjusting their frothy veils. At the end of the boulevard was the north entrance to the park. The concert on the green, Mulder said as they traveled on the stone walkway. The green was a large, gently sloping hillside, with the amphitheater at the very bottom. All of the benches had been taken, and the hill was crowded with concert-goers sitting on blankets and munching on food, either brought into the park or bought from the refreshment stands inside the grounds. They stood at the top of the hill, admiring the spectacle in the rapidly dimming light of dusk. So many people, Dana said. Sometimes I forget the city is so big. Mulder nodded. But think about how much bigger the world was before. Six billion people lived on Earth, and now the population is just under 500 million. There was a word for such destruction, such loss. Decimation. To reduce drastically in population. Such a dry, natural word. Every one of those five billion and five hundred thousand people had lived, worked, loved. They had families and friends. They had history. Yet no one seemed to mourn them, except in meaningless displays like the monument at the river. All around them, people were laughing and opening bottles of juice, wiping the runny noses of their children as if the world hadn't ended and begun again five years before. Dana shook her head in wonder. It's too much to even comprehend. Of course, now there is very little poverty or crime, especially in the Northern Hemisphere. Resources are no longer stretched and perhaps the world can fall into balance, he said, thoughtfully touching the loosened knot on his tie. Still, was it worth it to lose so many? Her voice came out a raspy whisper. No. She stared at the touch of Mulder's hand on her sweater-clad arm. I'm sorry, he said. We're supposed to be having fun here. Dana turned to him and blinked. I thought we were going to talk. His expression turned serious, as if he were remembering why they were there. That too, he said softly. She scanned the crowd. We're never going to squeeze in there. Mulder pointed to the right. How about over there? They walked off to a row of large oak trees that looked as if they'd been growing for centuries, even though Dana knew they were the product of genetic manipulation and had only been planted three years ago. There were few people on this end of the park, even though there was a good, if distant, view of the amphitheater. They spread the blanket Dana had brought from home under the leaves of the biggest tree. Mulder pulled bread, cheese, apples, roast chicken, and bottles of water from the bag. I would have brought some wine, he said, but I thought that with your migraine it probably wasn't a good idea. Dana tore off a hunk of bread. Where are Sarah and Adam tonight? They flew to Boston this morning for a few days. Angela, Sarah's best friend, had her first baby. Oh, she said gulping. Not a good turn of events. Not good at all. That's not why I called you, Mulder said. I'm not that calculating. I didn't say you were. I'm not some guy who's bored with his wife, looking for something hot and forbidden. I never wanted this to happen. What is happening? she asked. He let out a sigh. You asked me that on Sunday and I didn't have a good answer then. I've thought of nothing since, and I haven't come up with anything. Have you? 
No, I haven't. A self-conscious smile crossed his face. Then you'd better eat some of this food. Maybe we'll think of something on full stomachs. The orchestra began to tune up, and Dana's skin tingled at the sound. She didn't know much about music. At least she didn't remember that she knew much. But there was something thrilling about the sound of the musicians readying themselves to play. Have you heard them before? Mulder asked, passing her his knife to cut her apple. No, I haven't. This is quite remarkable. There are so few orchestras now, and the ESO is playing a free concert. Sarah was disappointed she had to miss it. This is the first time I've heard a live orchestra, Dana said. The first time that you remember, Mulder said. I always wondered what I liked to listen to before. So few recordings survived. I've tried to buy a little of everything to see what I like. Any conclusions? He smiled. Do you remember Elvis? She snorted in laughter. Unfortunately, I do. Fat guy, sequence, Las Vegas. That's the one. Mulder ducked his head in embarrassment. I think I even went to his home, Graceland. You've got to be kidding. I wish I were. You're an old man, Dana laughed. Mulder's face was turning red, she was gratified to notice. He cleared his throat. <clears throat> I'm going to change the subject now he said, before I get into more trouble. Mulder reached into the shopping bag and drew out a white box, tied with a red ribbon. I bought you a birthday present, Dana. You didn't have to do that, she protested, the heat rising on her own face. It's nothing, really. He handed her the box. With fumbling fingers, she hunted the ribbon and opened the box. Inside lay a thick book, Bound in black leather, the pages tipped in gold. When she opened the leaves of the book, she saw that the thick, creamy pages were blank. It's gorgeous, she gasped. Not only gorgeous, but also expensive. This was something old. While paper magazines and newspapers were still published, most books, save those for children, were published electronically. There's a store on the west side of the city that sells things salvaged from before, Mulder said. I go there sometimes, just to see what's there. See if anything stirs any memories. When I saw this book yesterday, I knew I had to give it to you. You can use it as a journal or to write any memories you might have. Hot tears began to slide down her face, and she tried to wipe them away before Mulder saw them. It was too late, though. I didn't mean to make you cry, he said. It's okay, she said, blinking rapidly. I'm just overwhelmed by how wonderful this is. I don't know how to thank you. Mulder reached into the breast pocket of his jacket, which was lying on the blanket, and pulled out a handkerchief. He gave it to her and she dabbed at her eyes. You don't need to thank me, Dana, he said. The conductor walked onto the stage to deafening applause from the audience which was amplified by the park sound system. And the music began, haunting and lovely, floating up to them under the trees. Dana and Mulder fell silent, letting the music wash over them. Dana closed her eyes, listening to the notes weaving together perfectly. How remarkable this is, she thought. Five years ago, the world was in ruins, and now I'm sitting under a dome listening to an orchestra. How extraordinary music is. That a musician can rub strings with a bow or blow into a reed and create beauty. Science is wonderful, but this is alchemy. Music cannot be defined. It is pure beauty, pure pleasure. After she finished eating, she lay back on the blanket and concentrated on each thrilling note Jyoti Iyer pulled from her cello. Somewhere in her haze, she heard Mulder lie down, too, and realized he was mere inches from her. Can anyone see us? she wondered, but realized they were largely hidden in the dark, under the tree. Besides, we're not doing anything wrong. For a moment, she allowed herself the indulgence of pretending that she and Mulder were just a regular couple out to enjoy the music and the park. John and Sarah didn't exist, never had. It was only the two of them 
Mulder turned to her and, opening her eyes, she could just barely make out his features. His eyes were glittering with tears. Is something wrong? She whispered. This music, it reminds me of the clinic. I'm sure it's the same for you, but classical music was always playing on the ward to keep us calm. Dana nodded. I remember lying in my bed, staring at the ceiling and crying. I cried for three days straight. The worst part was I couldn't figure out why I was so sad. I was aggressive, almost violent, Mulder said. She touched his shoulder. You were? You don't seem like you could be violent. Well, I was for a few days in the clinic. I don't remember much of those first days, but when I was leaving, one of the nurses told me I screamed for almost the whole first day when I came awake. I was shouting, Where is she? What have you done with her, you bastards? I'll fucking kill each and every one of you if you hurt her. Mulder's voice was sandpaper rough with remembered pain. Do you ever wonder who she was? Dana asked, deliberately keeping her voice gentle. Mulder closed his eyes and said nothing for a long time, and Dana feared she'd said the wrong thing, finally pushed him too far. The silence between them was filled with the sound of plaintive cello. His eyes opened again. I don't know, he said, but she was everything to me. She thought of her own lost one, the man who lived only in her dreams. Do you ever dream of her? He shook his head. No, I wish I did. I don't have any dreams about her. I don't remember her. Nothing. Nothing at all. But I know she existed. Dana touched his soft hair and nodded. Can I tell you a secret? He said in a voice that was barely audible over the rising tide of the music. Of course, she said. Her heart began to pick up speed. I've been having this fantasy lately. Mulder's voice trailed off, and he got an embarrassed look on his face. Not that kind of fantasy, he hastened to add. Tell me, she said. I was standing on my Netspace speech the other day, and I began to fantasize that you were the woman from before. The woman I loved. She turned her head away from him, unwilling to let him see the tears in her eyes. How pathetic they were, cast adrift and conjuring up fantasies about each other to try to explain it all. That's not possible, she said. It's statistically improbable, as lovely as it sounds. A closed-lipped smile across his face. I know. It was just this fantasy running through my brain. I think it helps me feel less guilty. Ah, so he was feeling it too. Are you unhappy with Sarah? She asked. He shook his head. I wish it were true. This would be so much easier. Are you unhappy with John? No, she said. When she was with Mulder, she couldn't lie or practice her religion of denial. His fingers glided down her cheek and she shivered. Dana, if I wanted an affair, I'd find some random woman and fuck her. I don't want this. I don't want to betray Sarah, but... She inhaled sharply. But what? I'm in love with you. Mulder's voice was flat and clipped, but it rang with truth. She sat up and hugged her knees, shivering despite the mild dome night air. There was a rustling behind her, and she heard him rise to his knees, wrapping his arms around her waist. I'm sorry, Dana, he whispered in her ear. If I could stop the way I feel, I would. Wouldn't it be wonderful, she mused while staring at the bright lights of the amphitheater down the hill if we could just turn our emotions on and off, like switching off the telescreen remote. Wouldn't it be nice to stop this thing, go home and live my life like it was before? She leaned back into the warmth of his chest and wished they could simply stay this way forever, not having to choose, just reveling in the comfort of each other's presence. He loved her. It was too large even to grasp. Dana wriggled out of his embrace and turned to face him. 
I don't think I want it to stop, she said, the words leaving her mouth before she had a chance to consider their import. His eyes widened. First we have to start, he whispered. You can leave, she thought. You can just get on your feet, and it's only a few short steps to the park exit and then two blocks to the tube station. In twenty minutes you'll be home with your marriage intact. Dana touched Mulder's face, the light stubble growing in on his upper lip and jawline. With the tips of her fingers, she traced the strong, irregular outline of his nose and the exaggerated bow of his lower lip. He closed his eyes and tipped his head back a little. Don't do this to me, Dana, he said. Not if you don't mean it. This is the most serious thing I've ever done in my life, she whispered. When she'd met John, it had been so natural. One event flowing into the other. They met, they dated, eventually they slept together. After a short time, they loved each other and decided to marry. There had been no agony in her choice to love John. It didn't burn like this. It had been warm and comforting, like a hot bath after waking up sore from a long run. Mulder made her burn. She moved into his arms, wanting only to touch the fire again. Her lips brushed against his and his mouth opened under hers. A groan came from deep inside her chest as she again felt the sheer electricity of kissing Mulder. Perhaps she never truly considered the intimacy of kissing. To her, it was always a nice preamble to sex. Now she realized how close she was to him, how she could feel the stubble scraping her cheek, feel the rough and wet texture of his tongue as it slid against hers. Under her hands, she felt the firm muscles of his arms, and as she pressed into him with the growing intensity of their kiss, she felt him hardening against her belly. Dana nearly gasped at the feeling of arousal coursing through her, the dizzying need and the realization that Mulder wanted her. She'd never known desire could be so potent, so fierce that it could erase her volition, the good sense for which she was known. A wave of applause rose from the crowd, and she realized, with stunned embarrassment, that she was kissing a man who was clearly not her husband in a public park. They weren't exactly out in the open, but this couldn't go on any longer, as tempting as it was with Mulder leaving her lips to suckle at the flesh on her neck. We can't, she said, as she rocked her belly against his erection. Can't stop, Mulder muttered, his hands rising to gently touch her breast through the thin material of her sweater. Not here, she said. We can't do this here. She realized she'd placed too much stress on the word here when he looked up at her, his eyes alive with crazy desire. Where should we go then? Dana tilted her head. I don't know. I want to be alone with you, he said in a voice that made her stifle a rising moan. With shaking legs, she stood and began to gather their picnic things. She looked down at him. Mulder was still kneeling and staring at her with a stunned expression. I don't know where we should go, she said in a brazen voice she didn't recognize. But we need to go there. Now. With speed born of desperation, they walked out onto the boulevard. Not the tube, Mulder said, rising his hand. We'll catch a cab. Within seconds, a shiny yellow vehicle screeched to a halt in front of them. Welcome to Metro Taxi, the car cheerfully said as they got into the back. Please tell me your destination. Mulder turned to her, his eyes shaded in the gloom of the taxi's tinted windows. Where? he whispered. Options ran through her mind, but none of them seemed right. Where is the perfect place to commit adultery? Not my apartment, she thought, and not his. She said to the car, Cascade Falls Hotel. She'd passed the hotel many times while on a run, and it was the first one that popped into her head. Excellent. The fare is 28 NED. Mulder pressed his palm to the metal plate on the dashboard, and it hummed as it scanned for payment. Thank you, the car intoned. Sit back and enjoy your ride with Metro Taxi. 
The car pulled out into the street and accelerated through the light evening traffic. Dana sat stiffly, her spine not quite touching the car seat. Now that they were in motion and heading toward the hotel, it all seemed too real. The future was here, and she'd made her decision back in the park. She and Mulder weren't out to talk or to have a play date with the kids. They were sitting in the back of a cab as it zoomed up Southeast Parkway, past the endless blocks of towering apartment buildings, on their way to a hotel to make love. Mulder squeezed her hand, and she noticed the tremor in his fingers. We don't have to do this, Dana, he whispered, as if the car could hear and understand them. She shook her head, the ends of her hair brushing her cheeks. It was too late now. Somehow they'd passed the crucial point of no return when he'd told her he was in love with her. I want to, she whispered back. He leaned closer so that his breath was warm on her ear. I'm scared. This made her smile, just a little. What a strange and wonderful creature Mulder was, so unlike the other men she knew. He was willing to be open with his feelings, to bear his true self to her, even if he ended up looking a bit foolish. I'm scared too, she admitted, stroking the top of his hands with the tips of her fingers. Dana leaned into his body to kiss him again. Whenever she kissed him, her doubts and guilt were able to slide gracefully away, replaced only by the immense rush of love she felt for him. Yes, she thought, as her hands rose to tangle in his thick hair. I love him. It's an entirely different species of love than I feel for John, but it's love. I know it. She wasn't sure if she should feel lucky or not. Mulder groaned as she rained small kisses on his closed eyelids, his chin, the dark mole to the right of his lips. God, what you do to me, Dana. There just aren't words. I know. She breathed. She felt wild with need for him, the primal urge to connect astounding her. Instead of closing her eyes and placidly accepting his touch, she felt aggressive, wanting to discover every inch of his body, to touch it and lick it and claim it for her own. God, what you do to me. Out of the corner of her eye, Dana vaguely saw the night light of the city strobing past the cab, but she was only aware of Mulder. His warm scent of park grass and male skin. The apple taste of his tongue when she touched it with her own. The astounding sound of his breathing as their kissing intensified. I wish this was cheap, she hazily thought. Cheap and wrong, and I could push Mulder away and resume my rightful place as a loyal wife to John. But this is beyond attraction. Beyond forbidden sex and infidelity. What Mulder and I have is something rare. Mulder pushed her hair away from her forehead and looked at her. What is it? she asked, unable to read the expression on his face in the dark. I just can't believe this is real. I almost don't want it to be, but it is. He took her hand, placing it on his heart, and she felt its steady rhythm under the fabric of his button-down shirt. Being with you is like finding the answer to a question I never knew I'd asked. You say things so much better than I can, she whispered and kissed him again. If she couldn't tell him, she'd have to show him. They both pulled apart and looked up as the car drew to a stop. Scully saw they had arrived at the small white hotel, just a block from the spot at the river where she and Mulder had run together. Dear passengers, this is your destination, said the car in a tone of delight as the doors automatically opened. She climbed out onto the curb, Mulder following her. Have a lovely evening, and thank you for riding with Metro Taxi. The car sang before the doors closed again, and it drove away. Side by side, Dana and Mulder walked into the lobby, which held only a small plum-colored sofa and a wide, illuminated view panel that showed the various types of rooms available. She gave Mulder a sidelong look. You choose, she said. I've never done this before. And I have? He touched the panel for a double room with river view. The Cascade Falls thanks you for your choice, said the view panel. The price for the room is 325 NED. Mulder pressed his hand to the panel. 
Do you need luggage service? asked the panel. No, said Dana, wondering how she'd ended up checking into a hotel with no luggage with a man she hadn't even known three weeks before. The panel hummed, and a moment later, the keycard dropped out of a slot. Your room is 724. Have a peaceful stay at our hotel. For customer service, dial extension 333. They were silent in the elevator on the way up, standing at opposite ends and both staring at the floor numbers flashing above the doors. It seemed to take an eternity to walk down the long, silent hallway. When they reached the door, her hand was shaking so much she could hardly swipe the access card against the lock. The bolts clicked, and the door swung open. For half a second, Dana wished that when they stepped inside, she'd be at her apartment. Just another night at home, John sitting on the couch and avidly watching Japanese League baseball, and Julia building a tower on the floor with her blocks. Instead, they walked into the smallish hotel room. Cream-colored walls, dark green carpeting, and a large bed with a comforter that matched the walls. The green draperies were pulled open to reveal a view of the city lights along the river. The window was actually a glass sliding door that led to a small balcony that held two chairs and a round table between them. Dana walked inside and slipped off her shoes. She found the television remote and flicked it onto the messenger service. I have to check my messages, make sure everything is okay with Julia, she said. She punched in her access code. There are no incoming messages for Dana Scully, the messenger said. She walked to the minibar and took out a bottle of water, uncapping it and taking a long swallow. Can I get you something to drink? She asked Mulder. A glass of water, some wine? Mulder shook his head still standing by the door. He's terrified, she thought, and somehow that reassured her. She bit her lip and lowered her head, her hair falling around her face. You can leave, she said. No, Mulder replied in a raspy voice. Come here, she said, and in an instant he was in her arms. They stood in the middle of the room for a long time, doing nothing but holding each other. Mulder had his arms tightly wrapped around her back, and Dana pressed her face into his shirt, feeling utterly secure in the warmth of his embrace. Something tingled up her spine and she thought, this is where I belong. His hand stroked her hair and he muttered something she couldn't quite catch. This is just like my dream, she hazily thought. How odd. She pulled away from him just a little and looked up at his face. Mulder wore a slightly bewildered expression, but she could see the love in his sleepy gray-green eyes. I want to know you, she whispered. Mulder touched her face, running his finger down the arch of her nose from bridge to tip. You do, Dana, he said. Despite the short time we've known each other, you already know me better than anyone in this world. Dana nodded. That's a tragedy, Mulder, that we're not getting what we need most from the people we love. Before, he whispered. You give me before. Yes, but that begs the question. Are we fortunate to have found each other, so we don't have to deal with the need for the past alone? Or are we damned for wanting a past we can never have again? Mulder shook his head. I don't know. A little of both, I suppose. She smiled. All I know is that as wrong as what you and I are doing is, I feel lucky to be with you. Mulder bent down and kissed the top of her head, then her forehead, and last her lips with slow reverence. I want to be with you, he whispered so softly she almost didn't hear his words. You are, Dana said, and pulled him to her so they could kiss again. As their mouths came together, Dana fumbled for his tie, somehow managing to undo the knot and slide the tie out of his shirt. Next, she went for the buttons on the shirt, desperately needing to see all of him now, to know everything about Mulder. The crisp cotton of the shirt came apart in her hands with the final button, 
and she drew it off his body, stepping back to look at him. His upper body was nearly as it had appeared in her fantasy the other night. In the lamplight, his skin shone golden, and his ribs were moderately prominent in his chest. And just as she'd done the other night in her mind, she counted them with her fingertips. Her eyes rose to his shoulder, and she saw a small puckered scar just under the clavicle. This is a bullet scar, she said, touching it. Mulder nodded. Excellent work, doctor. I have another scar on my thigh. Shot in the line of duty? I guess so. I must have lived a dangerous life. It's hard to imagine now, given how prosaic my life is. Life must have been horribly dangerous before, as she had her own bullet scar to match. She didn't mention it, though. Mulder would see it soon enough. Like a blind woman exploring an unknown face, she slowly touched every inch of his chest, from the sparse brown down on his upper chest to the indrawn dimple of his navel. Mulder was passive during this, simply standing and allowing her to complete her slow exploration. Finally, she came to the button of his navy blue pants. May I? She whispered, suddenly shy with the awareness that she was about to have him nearly nude before her. He nodded. She unzipped the pants and pushed them down with leisurely hands, and he stepped out of them. Mulder was now wearing only a pair of light blue boxer shorts. Scully was mindful of the fact that she was still dressed in a sweater and a pair of jeans, and he was almost naked. It felt powerful, but it also felt more unequal than she wanted it to be. They were in this together, after all. Dana made to pull the sweater over her head before he stopped her with his hand. No, he whispered in her ear. I want to do this. I've been picturing it since I met you. So I wasn't the only one having fantasies, she thought. What else did we do when you thought about us? She asked. To Mulder's credit, his face began to color. How about if I show you? He asked. He gave her dark brown sweater a tug, and she slithered out of it, the cool air of the hotel room making her momentarily shiver. Dana looked down at her goose-pimpled flesh and wished she'd chosen something better than the utilitarian white cotton bra and panties she was wearing. She never expected the Mulder would see them tonight. Dana slipped out of her jeans, and now they were almost equal. She in bra and panties, he in his boxers. Nearly naked, nearly bare. No going back now, she thought. Mulder ran his eyes over her body, and she was reminded of the sweeping gaze he'd given her in the kitchen at his party. She'd known then, Dana realized. She'd known the path they would eventually follow. You're beautiful, he declared with a smile. Beautiful, but small. I'm afraid I'll hurt you. She rolled her eyes. I'm stronger than I look, Mulder. As if to prove it, she stood on tiptoe to kiss him, to pull him to her again and feel the warmth of his bare flesh against hers. His skin was so silken, almost as soft as that of a woman or a child, and she luxuriated in its feel under her palms as she stroked his back. They staggered towards the bed and fell on it in a messy heap of limbs and skin, never breaking their kiss. He was looming above her now, frighteningly large and gorgeous, and the breath caught in her throat as she realized the inevitability of what they were about to do. Mulder rolled them onto their sides, sighing a little as he did so. Don't think, she silently told him, because if you start thinking, then I'll start thinking. But he didn't stop, only shifted to unhook her bra and remove it with unhurried hands letting it flutter to the floor. He began to touch her breasts as gently as he had back in the park, and she arched into his hands, feeling the telltale wetness begin as he stroked her nipples. His hands trailed down her belly and found the raised abdominal scar there. Speaking of scars, how did you get this one? Dana shook her head. It's a surgical scar, but it appears to be from a gunshot. It must have been a veritable shooting gallery before, 
she couldn't even imagine such a dangerous time. There were no guns now, except for the stun pistols the guardians wore. But someone, somewhere, had shot her square in the abdomen. She'd bled and healed and survived, and now she bore a small scar to remind her of an event she could not recall. Mulder moved down the bed to kiss her scar and lap at it with a wet tongue, and Dana found it surprisingly arousing, even though the scar was hardly an erogenous zone. Turn around, he whispered. Why? For some reason, her muscles tensed. His mouth continued to wetly explore her belly, and she wanted only for him to go lower, to lick her where she was beginning to throb with excitement. Mulder raised his head. I want to see all of you. Dana obediently rolled over onto her other side. When she heard a low gasp, she knew he'd spotted the snake tattoo on her lower back. He traced it with light fingertips in endless patterns. You don't seem like the type to have a tattoo, Dana. She smiled. I was surprised to see it for the first time myself. I suppose it was a youthful indiscretion on my part. It's gorgeous. All those reds and greens and blues. And sexy as hell. It's a good spot for a tattoo. No one can see it unless you're naked. It's like a secret surprise for a man lucky enough to get this close to you. Against her will, she began to remember the first time she and John had made love. That night so many years before in his old apartment. John had seen it and teasingly called her, Dana, my little sailor. She stared at him blankly until he explained that sailors had been known for being covered with tattoos. There was no accounting for what facts people remembered. I'm not going to bring John into this, she told herself, and rolled over to face Mulder again. Now you know my dirty little secret, she whispered. I want to know all of them. As if answering him, she pulled off her panties and let them join her bra on the carpet. You too, she said, reaching to tug off his boxers. And then they were finally naked together, completely bare before the other's eyes. Dana let herself run her eyes over his entire body. The flat muscles of his belly, his strong thighs covered in light brown hair, and oh, his penis, standing proudly erect as if awaiting her touch. It was long and thick, and she couldn't help reaching out to touch it tentatively sliding her fingers from root to tip and back again, which elicited a small groan from Mulder. Mulder kissed her, his tongue moving in and out of her mouth in the way she longed for his cock to do. She was getting so wet, so ready for him to be inside her. As she stroked his cock, he began to touch her in return, his long fingers brushing through her thick curls and spreading her lips apart. Dana pulled away from his mouth to moan as he touched her. Mulder stroked her just as she'd taught John to touch her over the years, two fingers lightly circling her swollen clit, but not directly making contact with it. How does he know to do that? She thought in a daze as the pleasure began to intensify. How can he read my body so well? As she began to cup and stroke his balls, Mulder threw back his head and made a surprise noise. Oh, Scully, that feels so good. She froze, one hand wrapped around his cock, her eyes wide open. He'd called her Scully. What did you just call me? She said in a quiet voice, her heart starting to pound. Mulder gave her a confused glance. I called you Dana, he said with such confusion that she knew her mind had been playing tricks on her. A little wishful thinking, she thought. She pulled away from him and almost laughed at the alarmed look on his face. I'm not going anywhere, she said. I only want to be closer to you right now. Do you mean... A smile of delight spread on his face. Yes, please, Mulder. I want you inside me. Mulder's smile became positively beautific as he gently moved her onto her back. Is it okay if we do it this way? He whispered. She paused to kiss him on the shoulder, just above his scar. 
You may be almost a foot taller, but you won't hurt me. After all, John was Mulder's height and probably ten pounds heavier, and she was still among the living. No, not John. Not right now. And forsaking all others, she'd said that January afternoon before the magistrate. No, this is different. It cannot be explained. I love him so much. I love Mulder. Mulder moved between her legs, and she felt him hard and ready against her stomach. He looked down at her with heavy-lidded eyes and appeared to be waiting for something. He needs reassurance, she thought. I haven't told him how I feel, not in so many words. What an honorable man Mulder was, even if he was currently cheating on his wife. He would only do it for love. Dana touched the rough grain of his face, feeling unwanted tears welling in her eyes. Mulder, she said, raising her legs to lock them around his lower back. I love you. It was easy to say after all. He lowered his head to kiss her with a slow intimacy that made her even more want to be joined with him. Dana, I love you too, he rasped in her ear, and she felt the head of his cock begin to nudge her opening. Mulder stilled, not quite inside her. Um, Dana, he said haltingly. We haven't talked about birth control. Do you have an implant? It's okay, she said. I can't get pregnant without medical intervention. We don't need anything. He sighed in relief, and she wrapped her arms around his neck. Please now, she said. They were so close. With a small movement of his hips, he pushed inside her, and she heard herself make a low humming noise at the sensation. She forced herself to keep her eyes open to watch his beautiful face transformed with pleasure as they moved together. Dana was hyper-aware of every sensation as they made love. The sweat slicking his back. The way his hair fell across his forehead as he drove into her. The utter feeling of completion as he filled her again and again. This defies everything I know and believe in, she thought as she arched her back to meet his slow, deep thrusts. But this is utterly right. She surprised herself by making noise, by moaning against his hungry mouth. She was usually not one to show her pleasure on the outside, to make histrionic vocalizations during sex. But here she was, crying out with surprised gasps and moans as the pleasure built within. And Mulder joined her in concert, growling with animal release, picking up the pace and sliding his cock in and out of her depths with growing need. This is... this is incredible, he gasped, and Dana nodded in amazed agreement, tilting her pelvis higher to bring him in deeper. Without warning, the bottom dropped out of her. The sensations of her insides expanding and pulsing made her moan even louder, but she didn't notice, didn't care who heard. A burst of white heat, white light shot through and blinded her as her orgasm flared, and she nearly levitated off the bed with the endless spasms. Dana hadn't realized she'd shut her eyes until the fierce contraction slowed to soft aftershocks. She fluttered her eyelids open and saw the look of wonder on Mulder's face. That's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen, he said in a strained voice. I want to see you, too, she whispered. He seemed to lose the last pretense of control, thrusting into her so deeply it nearly hurt. But a little discomfort was worth it to see his eyes come out of focus and to feel his back muscles bunch under her hands and to finally hear the cry rip from his throat as he came into her, his face contorted with release. And then the only sound in the room was their panting as they lay tangled together, still joined. After a long while, their breathing slowed, and they slid onto their sides, Mulder withdrawing from her. Dana wanted to feel guiltier, to burst into tears at the betrayal she'd dealt her husband. But the only emotion she could feel was her vast love for the man still stuck to her with sweat and body secretions the man who now began to kiss her with the languor of the replete. 
She smiled and began to kiss his chest, inhaling the rich scent of their lovemaking. No matter what, Dana, Mulder said, pulling her up so he could wrap his arms around her. I'll always remember this. So will I. For a moment, they simply lay wrapped in each other, basking in the new intimacy they shared. There would be enough time later to feel the burn of guilt. Somehow they managed to separate and wiggle between the sheets. We've defiled the bedspread, Dana said as she felt the heat of Mulder's body curve around her back. That's why they have laundry. Besides, it serves them right for choosing cream for the comforters. She made a low, surprised sound as he began to push aside her hair and kiss the nape of her neck. Oh, yes, she thought. That's just the spot that does it for me. And the feeling intensified as his kisses traveled at a deliberate pace down her spine, vertebra by vertebra. Already she was dying for it again. She was still sweaty and sticky from their lovemaking just minutes before, but she craved that impossible wholeness she'd felt when Mulder had been inside her. Her fingers curled into fists as her breathing quickened with the touch of his tongue on her tattoo. Mulder moved back up to the bed, and she made a disappointed sound as he returned to spoon her again. "'Shh,' he said. "'We've got all night. There's no need to rush.' Dana allowed herself to relax into his body, to let each muscle slacken. Floating, she felt like she was floating in the water of a calm pond. Dana, Mulder whispered, you've never told me. Her head rose from the pillow. Told you what? Mulder's fingers brushed through her hair, which reminded her of soothing a fretful Julia after a nightmare. You never told me what you remember of before. Her mouth opened. Oh. Will you tell me? John won't talk about it, she thought. I've tried and he shuts me out and sometimes it makes me wonder if he truly wants to know me or wants me to know him. Mulder wants to hear this. And perhaps that was the crucial difference. Her head fell back onto the soft pillow. All right she whispered. I'll tell you. She began with the easiest things. Fragments of childhood. Blowing out birthday candles on a clown cake. Fierce games of tag on a quiet street where all the houses were identical. Lying in bed and shivering as thunder boomed outside the windows. Mulder was silent as she recounted her memories, still stroking her hair and simply letting her talk. Her voice became halting when she came to a few adult memories, and, finally, the dreams she'd been having. I dream of him, she said. Always the same man, but when I wake I can't remember what he looks like or the sound of his voice. I can only recall how it feels to be held and loved by him. When I'm with him in my dreams, I feel so... I feel like I have everything in the world. Dana paused for a moment, biting her lip, unsure of sharing with him the rest of her thoughts. What is it? He asked, draping his heavy arm over her waist. She took a deep breath. When I dream about the man, I feel like I do when I'm with you, Mulder. He nuzzled her neck with his nose. Dana, what if? What if? What if? No. She smiled, even though she knew he couldn't see her face in the dark. I wish, she said, even though there's no way it could be true. Dana felt his chest rise in a sigh. I know, but what if we play pretend for a minute? Her eyebrows rose. You want to play pretend? Because there's no way I'm putting on a French-made costume for you. Don't tease, he said. No, picture this. I'm the dashing young FBI agent, and you're the pretty little doctor at the crime scene. Our eyes lock over a headless corpse, and I'm a goner. Her entire body began to shake with helpless chuckles, and he joined her. 
You're... you're such a romantic, Mulder. She gasped through her subsiding peals of laughter. His fingers crept up her chest and began to circle her nipple. I am, he whispered in her ear, and then took the flesh of her earlobe into his hot mouth to suck on it. Again, she said, as she felt his cock hardening against her spine. You're hardly a teenager, Mulder. He chuckled, a low rumbling from his chest. Don't ever underestimate the power of exercise, vitamins, and the presence of a beautiful naked woman in bed with me. The heat rose to her face and between her legs. Any naked woman? The cotton of his pillow rustled as he shook his head. No. Only you, Dana. What about Sarah? She treacherously thought. Do you make love to her with such overwhelming passion and reverence? Does she feel like me? Do you make her come like I do? Does she make you come like I do? She willed her mind to shut up. They were out of time in this hotel room. Sarah and John could not exist right now. Mulder's hand delved between her thighs and found her swelling clitoris. She crooned in joy as she ground her buttocks into him. Can we? He asked in a hesitant voice. She almost laughed. Need to ask? As she drew her knees up to her chest, he began to slide into her with aching slowness. The only word to describe this is complete, she thought. But as wonderful as it felt to have Mulder inside her, she needed more. Dana pushed her hips forward and his cock slipped out. What are you doing? He mumbled thickly. She rolled over to face him and brush her lips against his. I need to see your face, Mulder, she whispered. Oh, yeah. He breathed and moved onto his back. I need to make sure it's really you, she thought as she switched on the bedside lamp and straddled his lean body. I need to be able to remember every detail of this night as fully as I can. Her fingers wrapped around the circumference of his erection and she squeezed, watching the resulting tremor go through his entire body, down to his twitching toes. Please, he said, his long fingers curling restlessly. While it was amusing to delay their pleasure, Dana craved it too much to wait any longer. Every cell of her body needed to be filled with him again. She lifted up and then down again, letting out all her breath as she slid down onto him inch by inch. She stilled and bent to his face, her hands gripping the pillow on either side of his head. Her tongue mimicked the slow thrusts of her hips. Such rhythm, she thought. We fit together so well despite our difference in size and the newness of it. Even though there was the electricity of being new lovers, she also felt as comfortable as if they'd been doing this for years. There just wasn't the usual fumbling and sweet awkwardness of a first night together. No, does this feel all right? Somehow it felt like they'd had their movements choreographed. So smooth was the flow of liquid pleasure. Mulder's hands rose to her shoulders to steady her as she took him inside with deep strokes. His mouth opened and closed, as if he wanted to say something, but couldn't quite find the strength or words. I know, she thought. I don't have the words to describe this either. Again, she moved closer to him, and he took a nipple into his mouth, lightly flicking his tongue around the stiffened flesh. She gasped at the sensation it produced, and ground her hips down on his body all the harder. He was impossibly deep inside her, and she wanted to take more, until there was no way to tell where Mulder ended and she began. If only they could stay like this forever. Dana's thighs began to shake from the exertion and the rising tide of her orgasm. I've never come twice in one night, she thought with admonishment. But oh, Mulder, what are you doing to me? and this time the pleasure was slow and sweet, one long wash that rose up her back and down her thighs as she made small, breathless sounds. Mulder groaned as he lifted his hips to meet her halfway. That's it, Dana. Oh, yeah, that's... This is it, she thought, as her climax peaked and faded. 
This is the way I've wanted to feel all along, alive and complete. She saw Mulder's orgasm building in the way his brow wrinkled and his mouth opened to suck in air. Her hands reached under his body to grasp his buttocks and pull him closer to her, and he let go with the howl of an animal as he came. His eyes popped open, long lashes blinking at her in surprise. Dana collapsed on his slick chest, the two of them panting in near unison. He wrapped his arms around her back and said, What will I do if you've crippled me for life? You'll be fine, Mulder. She kissed his sweaty brow, tasting salt on her lips. I'm getting too old for this, he muttered, but the tiny grin on his face belied his words. No, I think you've definitely proved that you're not too old. And she kissed him again, basking in the postcoital scent of his skin on hers. They moved back onto their sides, facing each other, and she reached to switch off the light and pull the covers back over their bodies. Mulder's eyes were already drooping with fatigue, but he managed a lopsided smile. He took her hand in his. I've never loved anyone like this before, he said. She shut her eyes. Not even Sarah? A long sigh issued from his body, and he was silent for a few moments. Not even Sarah, but I do love her, Dana. I've never stopped. Nodding, she fought off the tears. I know, Mulder, she whispered. I love John, too. I don't want to hurt her. I can't hurt her. She's been too good to me. This time, she wasn't able to stop the tears from running down her face as she thought of John and Sarah, blissfully unaware their spouses had fallen in love with someone else. Stop it, she told herself. Don't let him see you like this. You're stronger than that. But it was useless. She couldn't maintain her flawless facade with Mulder, not lying in bed with him, naked in his arms, still flushed from the pleasure he'd given her. Don't cry he said, wiping her tears away with his thumb, as if she were a child. It'll all be okay. No, it won't, she said, shaking her head. She felt like a wounded animal in a trap, unable to move in either direction. Her overwhelming love for Mulder was on one side, and her commitment and love for John was on the other. There was nowhere they could go, no solution that wouldn't involve deep pain for all parties involved. Don't regret this, he said, his voice cracking. I'll never be able to live with myself if you do. I don't, Mulder. I love you in a way I never dreamed I could love another person, but... But... Mulder's voice was soft. But you and I both know we can't be together like this again. After tonight, we have to go home and try to put our normal lives back together the way they were. He rolled onto his back and threw his arm over his face. She wondered if he was trying to hide his own tears. I know, he finally said in a resigned voice. I know that's the right thing to do. This isn't easy for me, you know, she said, smoothing his hair. But we have families. We have vows to honor. Mulder turned to her and gave her a sorrowful smile. We have vows to honor, he repeated. They were silent after that, merely lying wrapped together and knowing this night was the only time they'd ever be able to be close like this. Eventually, Mulder's breathing slowed and she knew he'd fallen asleep. I don't want to sleep, she thought. I want to stay awake all night and capture every moment. But soon she too caved into the exhaustion and her consciousness faded to black. She had no dreams of note that night. If you like this story, please follow the link to the writer's page and leave some love. Kudos, comments, or subscribe. They'll love hearing from you. Then you can head over to our Patreon page and contribute to Audio Fanfic Podcast. As a member, you are granted early access to one new story per month. That's www.patreon.com 
slash audiofanficpod. Thank you for listening, and remember, the stories are out there.